Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash, and this is the weekend edition where we interview notable people. But first, let's say a quick thank you to our sponsor. The Real Estate Espresso Podcast is brought to you by International Coffee Farms. Based in Boquete, Panama, International Coffee Farms owns and operates 10 specialty coffee farms. These farms are subdivided into half-acre parcels, many of which are available to people interested in owning offshore real estate. These can be purchased for as little as $18,000. Your land will be managed on your behalf and will produce cash flow in perpetuity. I've got to know the principles of International Coffee Farms over the last several years, and they run a quality operation. Have a listen to episode 121 with CEO and founder, Mr. David Sewell, where we talk about investing in coffee farmland as a safe and diversified offshore investment. To find out more, visit internationalcoffeefarms.com. That's internationalcoffeefarms.com. We're back. On today's show, we have two great guests. But before I introduce them, let's set a little context. I believe it's really important to invest in your own personal development. And as entrepreneurs, it's very difficult to have open, authentic conversations about the entrepreneurial struggle. When you have an opportunity to talk with other entrepreneurs about their experience and how it relates to your personal situation, you've got to take full advantage. My guest today used to be in real estate, and today he has one of the leading business podcasts in existence with over 65 million downloads. He's published over 2,000 episodes. He has translated that audience into multiple streams of income, totaling over $8 million in just the last five years. Today, my guests are John Lee Dumas, host of the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast, and his partner and co-host, Kate Erickson. We recorded the show over video conference, and the funniest part is that we're such geeks on podcasting technology, we started our conversation comparing microphone characteristics. Here's a glimpse of my conversation with John and Kate. Enjoy. I see Kate is here in the house. We have Victor rocking and rolling. You can hey, have Victor. Your... Victor, how you doing, brother? I'm great. How are you? Very, very. Is that an ETR 2100 you have in your mouth, Victor? It is. It is. Love it. How do you like it, Victor? I like it a lot. It's great. It's uh, got lots of rejection off axis, and uh, which is what you want. Big time. Yeah. So I use the USB. I see you have the XLR. I've actually got both. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'm going to keep a local copy of my voice just in case there's some internet jitter. So if you need a, a backup copy, I'll have a backup copy. Oof. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. And John, you you've got this recording and everything too. Yeah, got a recording all set. Awesome. Yeah. Well, John, great to reconnect again. I'm the host of the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, a daily show we're doing seven days a week now. And I've got to say, I got to credit you with the inspiration. Just listening to you every day told me that I could do it. And you I'm can, now, brother, and you're doing it. I love I it. Am. Now just get to episode 2000. That's right. Well, I'm at episode <laughs> 210 right now. <laughs> Dude, it's going to come quick. I know. It's going very fast. And, uh, and it's, the show's doing great. It's growing well. I had 950 downloads yesterday. So wow. Imagine. I mean, imagine. That was, you know, the entire audience at Podcast Movement for Pat Flynn was like 2,000 people. That's wow. just, that's what you got to keep in mind. Wow. Having done a couple thousand shows now, uh, how do you manage the balance between repetition and keeping the content fresh? And now I know that the first shows were very formulaic and you kept it fresh by having different guests, but now that you've cast it a little bit wider open, how do you choose the content? How do you make sure that, because you need a certain amount of repetition to reinforce certain ideas. Totally. Too much, it gets boring. Yeah. How do you balance that? It's always about the story. Like that's why for 2000 episodes, Entrepreneurs on Fire, like one at a very high level because 
you know, the people that didn't get the show were just like, how's this dude, you know, doing what he's doing? He's just asking the same four questions every episode. But what they didn't get was that my questions were eliciting stories. And we as humans love stories. We're drawn to stories. That's why history broken up into two words is his story. Like we're drawn to that once upon a time, like we lean closer, we listen because we want stories. We love stories. And so Entrepreneurs on Fire 1 through 2001, W-O-N, because it was about stories and was focused on the stories. And now from episode 2000 going forward, I still always go back to the story. So somebody may be talking about, you know, this tactic or this tool or this strategy but I always go for the story behind that as well. So I'm like, I'm always like, so tell me more about that. Like, where were you when you had that idea? Give me an example of a day that you used that strategy that it actually works. Oh yeah, well, you know, I've done it a few, no, I don't want a few times. Give me that one specific time that that strategy worked or didn't work and let's talk about it. Let's go in depth about that. So Victor, always try to bring the story out of whatever scenario you're talking about, because that's what's going to keep things fresh. I like, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's great. So you've got multiple streams of income, and each one of them requires a certain amount of nurturing and growth. And how do you juggle each of them without falling into the trap of multitasking? Yeah. So it, for me on this, is really the 80-20 rule. Like I really look at Okay, what are our major, major revenue streams? You know, we can look at that and we can see sponsorships is really big. We can see, you know, Podcasters Paradise as our flagship program is really big. And then now, you know, coming up as a good revenue stream is our um, three hours to your big idea slash real revenue course. Affiliates are really big um, for us in that manner as well. Um, so, you know, I kind of like really look like at my major revenue streams as they are. And then within those, I break it down. So even like, let's go into um, affiliates. Like I'll even look within affiliates now and be like, well, who are the major affiliates that are bringing in the, the 80, 20, the vast majority of the revenue of, you know, one of my top four revenue streams. And of course, you know, one of those is absolutely click funnels. You know, another one is create awesome online courses, you know, not, so I, I can just pick out a couple that make up the vast majority. And those are the only ones that I'm really focusing on nurturing. The other ones, you know, I just kind of let wither. And when they bring in a couple dollars, it's, it's better than zero. But I know the ones that really resonate with my audience that really generate the major revenue and we keep our focus on those things. So, you know, really identifying your major sectors. And I would say no more than four or five total would be considered like your major sectors. And then within those major sectors, what within those major sectors is your 80-20. What's the 80-20 within those? That's what you focus on. So you're not multitasking, which is too many things, you know, going after, you know, one of my affiliates that might, you know, have generated a total of $1,000 where I have another affiliate generates, you know, sometimes up, up to $1,000 a day, you know, like, right. like a click funnels. I love that. First and foremost, a real estate developer. I'm an entrepreneur just like you. i uh, got lots of projects on the go. And one of the things that I've noticed is that in order to keep focused, when things go wrong is to, it's really a mental game. And I know you've encountered failure. I'm sure you even encounter it now every day. So my question is, when you get that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach and you know it's happening and it's, it's going to be embarrassing and all that kind of stuff, what do you tell yourself in the moment as it's happening so you stay focused on solving the problem? Yeah, it's, it's always going to be a struggle for, for every human being out there. And that's one of the things that I do actually say to myself, to be completely honest with you, is I'm a, I'm a big lover of history. Like I loved reading the book, 
Sapiens, which by the way is an amazing book about the evolution of Homo sapiens and just mankind. And, and I just love kind of consuming content about that. And one thing you realize when you go back and you read, you know, books about that. And then right now I'm reading um, an autobiography of Claudius Maximus back from Rome. And it's just like, you know, excuse my French, but it's like, you know, same crap, different day, like literally. Mm -hmm. And like for them, you know, that was 3000 years ago, Claudius. And then you just, so you just see that we're just these human beings that are always going to have these doubts, always going to have these fears, always going to have this imposter syndrome, you know, just rearing his ugly head, just saying, listen, like you're going to fail. Like you're not going to make it like something's going to happen and it's going to be a disaster. And like that is why we're, we are here talking today because we, because we as humans have this fear that is innate in all of us that drives us to do more, to be better and to not rest on our laurels, but just to always push, push, push. So when you're feeling that, you know, you can just kind of say, you know what, this is a real feeling that I'm having, but it's because I'm a human being. So let me just embrace it. Realize that no matter from Richard Branson, you know, all the way down to somebody that just started an entrepreneurial journey yesterday, they're still going to have the similar range of emotions that we all have as entrepreneurs, period, end of story. And that's just why I, I literally, I look in the mirror and I'm like, you know what? You're a human being. And like, that just kind of like snaps me back and be like, oh yeah, that's why I'm having these, these thoughts. So, right. Right. I love that. Yeah, I actually did want to kind of circle back to one of Victor's questions about um, juggling multiple revenue streams and not uh, multitasking. Um, A point that I really love to make a lot when people ask us about like the different revenue streams and how how we manage all of that is that not any one of those revenue streams was built simultaneously with another. So if you look at it as like building the baseline for the podcast and the sponsorships, like we did that and we fully focused on just that. And once that was set up and we had systems in place to help run that, then we got to creating Podcasters Paradise. And then we just focused on Podcasters Paradise. We built it out. We built the community. We built the membership site. Once that was going and we had systems in place to help support that, then we started with our affiliate relationship. So you kind of get what I'm saying where like none of it was built simultaneously. It was one step at a time to building something out, creating systems, and then feeling comfortable enough to move on to the next area, if you will. Yeah. Big mistake people make is like they look at somebody right now and they see where they're at and they think that that person just went like that. And then all of that was happening for them. But every single person you see that you look up to in the business world, the entrepreneurial world or wherever it might be, like they got there literally one step at a time, one step at a time, every single person. So that's uh, it's a good way to end it. Anything else, Kate, before we uh, say sayonara? I uh, know. Just super glad that you guys came and hung out with us tonight. It was great seeing you all at Podcast yeah, Movement. Cool. And yeah, Victor, great to see you. Um, hope you guys have a great night and happy podcasting. Cool, brother. Glad you joined us today. Well, thank you so much. Bye. I loved that conversation with John and Kate. I definitely learned something from that discussion. Here are people who have learned by trial and error and with the help of mentors over a five-year period really at the top of their game. I've been only hosting a daily show since the beginning of the year, but when I compare the quality of today's shows to the very first few, there's a noticeable improvement. With each round of continuous improvement, different aspects of the show get refined. really doesn't matter whether you're doing a daily show, flipping houses, building apartment buildings, or investing passively. 
the process of continuous improvement is one that I'm addicted to and I suggest something that you should focus on too. As you're thinking about that, what are the areas you want to focus on improving? Have an awesome Labor Day weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.